0: Praise God. Well, how are y'all doing with the plan this week? Anybody got any great word from the plan this week? Any big gravy? Yeah, Miss Friend. Amen. Wouldn't that be a cool thing to be standing in the crowd and everybody's trying to stone Jesus and he just walks right through the midst of them? I'd love to just see the DVD on that. And how did it work? I mean, like they couldn't see him or, you know, he just walked through the midst and they were scared to touch him or. You know, what happened? I mean, everybody's just like snarling at him and then, you know, trying to throw him over the brow of a hill, trying to kill him. He just walks through the midst It's everybody. Goes on down the road. Nobody touches him. Doesn't get upset. Amen. Anybody else got anything? Well, then praise God. Get your Bibles out. That's kind of weak. Come on, get your Bibles out. Go to the book of Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> Romans chapter six. So I wanna I want to share a few, little bit more about off of Sunday's message about grace. You know, so we're we're talking about grace. We've 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 gone through this thing. I really want y'all to get this because y'all are gonna have to share this with others. You know, you've got to be you, you've got to y'all are the home crowd folks, you get two two shots in the week, and and you gotta be able to share this with others and teach other people. And uh so You know, we've got to change our concept of grace, of grace not being just specifically the power of God released towards us, but actually grace being the position in which we stand, and of course, the power of God is there for us. The throne room is open there for us, but we've got to change our thinking about grace, okay? And so... You know, we've looked at from the very beginning that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness over to the kingdom of His Son. We've been translated into this kingdom of grace. And we've got to realize that the enemy has no power over you. He has no authority over you. He has no dominion over you. There's nothing that's in the kingdom of darkness that has any right to be in your life because you're not in the kingdom of darkness. You're in the kingdom of grace. But if He convinces us and fools us and talks us into walking in his ways, then we're gonna walk in them. Are y'all with me? You know, you can be a saved Christian standing positionally in grace and walking in unforgiveness and reaping the benefits of the kingdom of darkness. Doesn't make any sense, but we can do it, and we do it all the time. We do it because our thinking's wrong. We do it because we did not renew our minds to the word of God. We're not fully convinced on the inside of us of what God promised us he's able to perform. We're not fully convinced down inside of us because we've not renewed ourselves that we can walk as sons of God on the face of this earth, that if we laid hands on the sick, sick, they would recover, that we can be like Jesus was on this earth today. We're not fully convinced because what happens to us is this world and its bombardment of its indoctrination of its whatever is going on in our minds convinces us that we're unworthy, and we live in a sin consciousness. And once you're living in a sin consciousness, you're not going to walk in the fruits of the Spirit, the blessings of the Spirit, the the goodness of God's grace. You're not going to walk in that because you're living a life still being conscious that you're a slave to sin instead of a servant of God. You hearing me? And so we got to break that. We got to break that thinking. We got to get down on the inside of us and break that thinking. The first thing we got to understand is: is if God is going to deal with us in the kingdom of grace, the Spirit of grace, if He's going to deal with us, and we're going to walk in victory, we have to understand how do we receive anything from God. Okay, we got to get it down in us. How do we receive? I remember being very first started out in the very first. Gotten saved and just, you know, you know, six months into into me being born again and going to a church service and a preacher laying hands on me and saying, Uh, brother, just receive it. And I thought, receive it. What do you mean receive it? How am I going to receive it? What do you mean receive it? And I, I I ran this over my head. You know, like, receive it? Okay, like, you know, how do I do this? And then and then I would somebody else would come along, more advanced, maybe, and they would help me a little bit and they'd say, yeah, you just got, you got to receive it by the Spirit, brother. you got to receive it by the Spirit. And I'm like, doesn't, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you do. I mean, receive it, go to the post office, you receive the mail. You know, I'm running all these things through my head. You received a package from UPS, I understand. Receive it, just go to the door and open it, and there it is. But how do I receive something by the Spirit? Yet, all the time we're taught that if you go to God and you ask Him to forgive you, for something that you've done, that you'll be forgiven. And how did you receive that? And if you ask a Christian that, well, how do you say, well, I just do. Well, how do you mean you just do? Well, I don't know. I just went to God and I prayed and asked him to forgive me, and I I felt in my heart I was forgiven. Well, why did you feel that? Well, the Bible says, if I ask, he'll forgive me. Oh, okay, so then faith is involved. So your faith was involved. And you believing in the word, and you did receive your forgiveness, you received it by the spirit. How did it happen? Well, you tell me. You you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm preaching to the crowd, to the to the choir here. But the same way we got to understand is in grace, everything that grace has for us, we're gonna receive and we're gonna walk in it. We're gonna walk in it by the spirit. Now then the next question is: what did Jesus pay for? What did he pay for on the cross? What was bought in our redemption? Was it just the forgiveness of sin? Or was it encompassing everything that you just look at it this way? Whatever you can imagine is in the kingdom of darkness, it's the opposite. Right? So then he he, he paid for our peace, paid for our prosperity, paid for our uh, joy. He paid for our sickness. He he had to pay for everything. It's always amazed me when you read the scriptures, no one got mad at Jesus for healing the sick. They got mad at Jesus for healing the sick on the Sabbath. And I always am amazed because, like, when you read the scriptures, it looks like that Jesus laid hands on the sick, like the man I was reading about it this morning, the man that had droopsy. And And he prayed for him, and he said, everybody's like, it's the Sabbath. You can't heal on the Sabbath. And it's almost like a footnote in the Scriptures. And so he laid hands on him, he healed him, and then he chastised the people. The healing was like nothing. The woman that had the spirit of the infirmity, right? That woman was healed, but nobody even noticed. I'm talking about the, the, the critical people. They never even said anything about the woman. Look, well, golly, that woman got healed. Oh, my goodness. She, that old bent over lady that's always over here, she's jumped up straight now. I mean, y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Nobody said nothing. The man at the at the, uh, Pool of Bethesda gets up. We know he was there for 38 years. Nobody said anything that the man was up walking around. That all said, oh, he's carrying his bed. The point I'm trying to make is you can get so indoctrinated in, in, in you know, religious ways that are not even God's ways, you can get so indoctrinated in that that you miss the miracle. You miss the man was healed. The man never hadn't walked in 38 years. You miss that because you're standing there, oh, he's carrying his bed. It's the Sabbath and he healed that man. That lady could have stayed bent over one more day right? That's what they were saying. It would be better for you to still be sick than to have gotten healed on the Sabbath. That's not right. That's how crazy our heads can get, and that's how crazy the world can get. That's how deceiving the kingdom of darkness is, to get you involved into something, to get you into bondage in it, so that you're missing the grace of God, you're missing the miracles of God, you're missing all the things of God that He wants to just delve out to us. Because it's our thinking and our unrenewed minds are, as Paul kept talking about multiple times throughout the book of Romans, it's our carnality, our flesh. We're fleshly-minded. And see, we always want to take that. We say, oh, fleshly-minded. Well, I haven't had any lustful thoughts today. I've watched myself pretty good. We think of it like that. But the truth of the matter is anything you're thinking that's not of God would be carnal right? So we got to divide this up and we got to really start looking at ourselves and saying, okay, what is, how do we want to say it and be nice? You know, what is what is kingdom of darkness thinking versus kingdom of grace thinking? This whole message on grace, it's challenging me in my prayer life because all of a sudden it's become a great reality to me that Jesus paid for everything on the cross and so he's already bought it for me, so why am I praying and asking for it? There's this huge just huge change coming in my prayer life, and so now I'm having to sit around and say, Holy Ghost, how do I pray about this? I, I don't know if I really, I don't want to say anything until you give me the words, because I'm just not quite sure I'm thinking straight. Are y'all with me? Because he would say, well, I prayed and I asked God to heal me, and I, I, I never got healed. So I guess he didn't want to heal me. But if you already Gave it to you. That's just like saying, you know, here's a good example. If somebody gives you a gift card for a meal at a restaurant, do you not have a meal at a restaurant? But it's in the form of a gift card. But you have a meal there. And you can't drive by the place saying, I really wish I could eat there. Or go into the restaurant and say, could y'all give me a meal? And they say, well, we don't normally do that. Do you have a gift card? Oh, well, I do. Well, we can have a free meal then. You follow me? It's, things change. If it's already been bought and paid for, it's not anything about then me him giving it to me. It's mine. This is really good. As I'm just uttering these words from my lips, just are y'all catching it? Because see, if it's already bought and paid for, then it's it doesn't have anything to do with about him giving it to you. He already gave it to you. So now it's only about you receiving it or appropriating it to your life. Well, the same way you've been forgiven for your sin and you receive that is the same appropriation for everything else that you need. So, you know... Like I said, I've been being challenged, real challenged in my prayer life. And so, um, so I was trying to catch the Holy Ghost. I was trying to catch him in this. It just doesn't work, but yeah, I gave it a shot. And so I said, I got one. Jesus said, uh, ask for our, our daily bread. And said, go read the scriptures. It's not what it says. It's like it does. I know it does go read it. It doesn't say that. It says, give us this their daily bread. like He's given us our daily bread, so just appropriate it. And it's like, got me on that one. It's not about getting him to do something for you if he's already done it. So if on the redemption of the cross at Calvary, Jesus paid for everything opposite of the kingdom of darkness, you paid for everything for you, well, then it means it's already there at the throne for you. All you've got to do is by the Spirit appropriate it. And with this, you've all done it. You've all done it. You've all gone to the throne and you have gotten something from the throne and brought it back down into your life called forgiveness. It's something you do all the time. For some reason, for some reason, I'm not real sure why, but for some reason, the religious demons allowed that, allowed that in the church. Forgiveness. They shut everything else off, but they, they didn't tackle that one. Because almost any Christian you ask, you say, if you go to God and ask him to forgive you, he'll forgive you. He said, yes. And then sometimes they get turned around and say, well, I, God forgives me, I know God forgives me, but I don't know if I can forgive myself. Oh, so there's a little darkness still hanging in you. Because now you're self-condemning, even though God forgave you. You following me. So the enemy is always trying to get us tied up so that we just don't appropriate everything that's been given to us through grace. And the only way to walk in is to renew our minds. Now look at here, look at Romans 6. Jump over in verse 15. It says, "'What then shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace?' "'Certainly not. "'Do you not know that whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, "'you are that one slaves whom you obey?' whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Now, think about this. Anybody, anybody that you knew you were freed from something and you were really glad you were freed from it, you don't want to go back into those ways and get entangled again. Right? Once you're free, you know you're free and it's better on the free side. So you're thinking all the time, I don't want to go back over there. Right? But we are doing it in our thinking. Because our thinking and our unrenewed minds is keeping us in bondage to things that are not even in God's kingdom, are not even part of his doctrine. So look at this scriptures as I read through them here, thinking about, what, about this great grace. Verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. Delivered from what? The slave of sin, right? And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Okay, being set free from the kingdom of darkness, translated in the kingdom of his dear son, right? Now you're slaves of righteousness. Now we like it over here in the kingdom. I want to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I want to stay in grace, right? Right? I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you present your members as slaves to uncleanness of lawfulness, uh, lawfulness, leading to more lawlessness, lawfulness, lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. He said, look, you've already been doing it. Just like you were living in the kingdom of darkness, doing what it was doing and becoming a slave of it, it's the same principle. Now to start being over here, in the kingdom of God, and, and walking in his glory. So listen to me. See, what happens to us is we say, uh, God, God says, I forgive you, I love you, you're my, you're my children, come to the throne, whatever you need, come get it. And then we say, thank you, Father, I'm so thankful for salvation, that I'm going to live in eternity forever. And I'm not really deserving of anything else. It's that prodigal son mentality. Right? He's out feeding the pigs, he's doing it his own way, and then all of a sudden, what is it? Comes to him senses. He's like, the servants in my father's house, they've got bread to eat and all this. So he goes back, totally going to the father, totally expecting to just be a slave living in the outbuilding just because he was going to get food and, and it was better than it was in the world. Are you all with me? That was his mentality. He was going back to God who was offering this amazing grace. God's whole plan was he runs down the road, he kisses him, bring on the best robe, bring, in the, bring on shoes on his feet, give him give me the robe, give him the, the ring, man, let's get him all back in. That was God's plan the whole time. The son was saying, no, 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 not the robe. I mean, I, I'm a bad kid. I went out and I've squandered all your living Unrighteously, I've been bad. No, God, no, no Daddy, don't give me the robe. Don't give me the ring. Don't give me that stuff because I, I, I just, I just, I'm hungry. It's just hard out here eating pig food. I I just want to go. Just, just let me live out there in the, you know, the the house with all the workers. Because you see, sin consciousness was keeping him there, but God consciousness was arms are wide open. Bring on the robes. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party. Son's home. He was in full authority. At that moment, at that moment, in the middle of the road with stench on that, that young man, God invested him with the robe, put the ring on his hands, put the sandals on his feet, uh, uh, killed the fatted calf, gave everything. He had all authority. When he went from the road to the party, He was a son in full authority. Oh, and the elder brother, who's walking around with the robe on and the ring already, was a slave to sin because he's mad at his brother. So what are you doing? He can't do that. He was mad pouting out there, and his daddy had to come out there and talk to him. Right? So you see, he was in bondage. Both sons were not seeing the goodness of their father. Both of them. Two different arenas of thinking, but both of them were walking in bondage of slaves of sin because one couldn't accept what God was doing for him because he knew he was wrong, and the other one thought he deserved more, and he was living over here and was angry and, and said, you never even gave me a kid. That, man, that's pretty bad. And what did God say to him? He never asked. All that I have is yours. Then I mean, just go get one. Yeah. Well, what's the matter with you? Just go get one. Well, to me, that sounds like a lot like grace. It's already been bought and paid for you, and all you're supposed to do is appropriate it. But you see, it's that weakness within our, our, our humanity that we've lived in the kingdom of, 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 of unrighteousness, the kingdom of darkness. We've lived under the devil's rule and reign for so long, we just freely can't accept that God's that good, and he's going to do that for us. We still think we've got to manipulate or, or control or, or, or you know or do whatever we got to do, to get our way when the whole time God's just sitting there, everything I got's yours? What are you you talking about? The whole kingdom is yours. So let me just say it to you like this tonight. Do you realize that in grace, all of the kingdom of God is yours? What are you doing with it? That's how big grace is. All of the kingdom's yours. Well, you know, God gives some people some things and some with others, and I don't, you know. See, you're already talking yourself out of it. Already talking herself out of it. He goes on, he says, 20. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What what fruit did you have then in the things that you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and become slaves to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin's death, but the gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus. This grace is so amazing. This grace is so great that God gives you not just the kingdom, but he gives you literally everlasting life. Now think about this. <clears throat> this may challenge your thinking because it's kind of hard for me to grab my, my little small brain sometimes doesn't want to grab hold of it. When did eternity start for you? Is it going to start? Eternity starts when you die? Or did eternity start when you got saved? Oh, wow. So then, okay, there you go. All I'm saying is just like the pig in the pig pen, he had to come to his senses. We got to come to our understanding and say, wait a minute, everlasting life is what I'm walking in today. It doesn't start when I die. It already started when I was born. So everlasting life, I'm already walking in everlasting life. God kind of life, Zoe kind of life, everlasting life. But see, our minds tell us it's gonna, we're going to step into eternity when we die. But the truth of the matter is we're already in eternity. We've already been walking Since you got delivered from the kingdom of darkness over in the kingdom of your son, you already got into this kingdom of grace and all's yours. You're just like the prodigal son. You came home to the father. Now you just got to change your thinking, right? We got to root out in us all the places in our life where we do not have kingdom thinking. Where we're trying to do things by works, you know, trying to get... It's like... I'm kind of amazed, and I don't know the full story. I hadn't read the whole full story about this actor who did this hoax of being attacked so that he could get notoriety, but yet he's already on television. And so think about that for a minute. You're already on television. You're already a, I don't know if I want to call him a star, because I, I never, I don't know who he is. Celebrity, that's a good one. You're already a celebrity, but then you gotta stretch the envelope. And my point is, is like, what's wrong with humanity that we can't accept the grace of God? What's wrong with us that we keep having to go in and by works try to earn the grace of God or by works try to work something around or, or you know, try to pull strings and this and that? Why why can't we accept the grace of God? that he's already given us everlasting life. The kingdom of God is ours. And so start changing our mentality. to Lord, what do you want me to do with the kingdom? You know, we're, you're, you're not, we live in a fallen world, so you're going to have issues. But it's been real interesting to me throughout these series of messages. Like I said, I'm changing the way I pray. And when something happens, you know, not positive, I've just gotten to where I stop and I say oh, okay Holy Ghost <clears throat> how are we going to handle this because it's going to be good I, I I don't I don't exactly right now I right now I can't really quite see it but how are we going to handle this and then this has just hit me how through this situation can God God get the most glory how can I just what can I do that brings God God, so much glory in this situation. And it's been interesting because I find my whole self changing and it's like, oh, okay, well, great. It's kind of like, remember when when the disciples saw the blind man and they said, who sinned? This guy or his parents said he was born this way. And I believe that there could have been a paraphrase a Robert's paraphrase that is, doesn't really make any difference. God's going to get glory out of this. So I think that's what we need to be as glory seekers, not for self, but for God. How can we live a life that brings more glory to Jesus and what he did for us and what he bought and paid for us on the cross? How can we live a life that that just, man, because we're so happy in the grace of God, we already have everything. You've already gotten your inheritance, everything. You've already entered into eternal life, Everything. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, you already got everything. Now we just need to be appropriating. Amen? Well, praise God. That's that's something to chew on. That's a big T-bone. But just remember, remember, church, you've already been walking in it through forgiveness. But you're going to have to change some ways, and so you've got to ask the Holy Ghost to give you some direction. Amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.